0: Everybody loves a good mystery, right? Today we're solving the mystery of what is gossip and we're dishing on the hottest celebrity pastor news. Oh wait, no we're not. My gosh, before we get started, did you guys hear about what David Platt said to President Trump backstage at his church? Now listen, I heard from one of the deacons at that church's nephew's hairdresser's best friend in high school that Platt told Trump to... Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to introduce the show first. So every week on the Bible Mystery Podcast, we talk about a big Bible mystery or a big Bible question. Sometimes the questions or the mysteries are somewhat grounded and down to earth. Like today, we're talking about what is gossip. It's a bit of a mysterious topic because the fact of the matter is, even though the Bible says gossiping is very serious... Most people don't really know what gossip entails. Why is it so bad? What is exa- what is gossip exactly? How do I know if I'm gossiping or not? Why is it so popular and what problem does God have with it? So sometimes the mysteries we talk about are going to be of the grounded, very biblical variety. Sometimes they're going to be like our last episode, Aliens in the Bible, or our second episode, Unicorns in the Bible, or our upcoming episode on the Shroud of Turin. So that's the show. I would invite you to check out our website, BibleMysteryPod.com. That's BibleMysteryPod.com. You can subscribe to the show there, and that's really, really helpful to do so. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify. Tune in all the big players. You can check them out at BibleMysteryPod.com, but you can also find a lot of show notes there that'll tell you about uh, the show, that'll give you some links we might've talked about. Basically, it's a transcript that you can find in in place of show notes. It's not always the most edited thing, but if you hear me say something on the show you wanna check it out, you can definitely find it on the website, BibleMysteryPod.com. Now, today we're talking about gossip in the intro was just me being silly. I really don't know what David Platt said to Donald Trump. Uh, I hope it was good. I hope it was the gospel, knowing Platt. I suspect it was. But I do need to tell you, the church has been talking about gossip for a very, very, very long time. In fact, Clement of Rome, who you may not have heard of, but likely knew the apostles Peter and John, and himself died around 99 A.D., was writing about gossip right after the New Testament was written. And this is what Clement said to the church then. He said, Since then, we are a holy portion. We should do everything that makes for holiness. We should flee from slandering, vile, and impure embraces, drunkenness, rioting, filthy lusts, detestable adultery, and disgusting arrogance. For God, says the Bible, Resists the arrogance, but gives grace to the humble. We should attach ourselves to those whom God's grace has been given. We should clothe ourselves with concord, being humble, self-controlled, far removed from all gossiping and slandering, and justified by our deeds, not by our words. So that's a pretty heady quote there on gossip. Clement is telling us that uh, gossip is a pretty big deal. Holy people of God should be far away from it. Charles Spurgeon, more recently in the 1800s, said this, "'Gossips of both genders give up the shameful trade of tale bearing Don't be the devil's bellows any longer to blow up the fire of strife. Leave off setting people by the ears. If you do not cut a bit off your tongues, at least season them with the salt of grace.' Praise God more and blame your neighbors less. Any goose can cackle. Any fly can find out a sore place. Any empty barrel can give forth sound. Any thorn can tear a man's flesh. No flies will go down your throat if you keep your mouth shut. And no evil speaking will come up. Think much, but say little. Be quick at work and slow at talk. And above all, ask the great Lord to set a watch over your lips." That's good advice. So what exactly is gossip? I find that several times over the past year, I've wondered about that. And several people have asked me more than once. You know, you get in these conversations and you're thinking, well, is this gossip? What is gossip? It's kind of a hard word to pin down. Here's the thing. It's mentioned less than 10 times in most translations of the Bible. For instance, in the NIV, the word gossip or gossiping is mentioned eight times. In the English Standard Version, it's mentioned four times. Um, And in the NIV, six of those eight times it's mentioned uh, are all in the Old Testament. And all six of those are in Proverbs, the Book of Wisdom. In the ESV Version, three of the four times that the word is mentioned are There is in the New Testament and then there's one Old Testament reference in Ezekiel that we're going to get to today because it's kind of interesting. So what does that tell us about the word? I think it tells us that our best Bible scholars may not have a great grasp on what exactly gossip is but I think we can get there today. Here's the thing though because there might be some level of disagreement even in our uh, our best teachers and theologians about what exactly gossip is, that should give us pause, particularly when we decide to point the finger at other people and identify their words and actions as gossip. I've seen and received more than one accusation of gossip that did not seem to line up with what the scripture identifies as gossip. So it's just not terribly clear what precisely gossip designates, but we are going to do our level best to help clear that up today because I think the Bible can give us some level of clarity. While it is true that the Bible never itself precisely defines what is meant by gossip, What is far more clear is how we should act towards other people, particularly in our words and particularly in what is allowed in our conversations and what is not allowed in our conversations with each other and about each other, according to the Bible. Here's a shocking truth that should be the fact of the podcast. When it comes to the Bible, God's word pummeling people with your words is just as bad as pummeling them with your fists. Let me reiterate, because most people who engage in the activities of criticism, slander, gossip, cut-downs, etc., probably aren't physical bullies. It's easy for them to say dank words about people, but they probably wouldn't take a swing at those people if they bumped into them at the checkout line at Walmart. But when it comes to the Bible, there appears to be no difference between the wounds we inflict with our fists and knives and swords than the wounds we inflict with our words. For instance, think about the warning in the book of James, James 3.8. No man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. How about Proverbs 12.18? There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So our words can be like attacks. They can be like swings of the sword. Our tongue can be a deadly poison, and Paul in Romans 14:19 gives us a general rule about how we should use communication. He says, "Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification." And that's a good place to start as we talk about gossip. We are to make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual upbuilding or edification. Our words and actions must be delivered with a heart of blessing and peace and building up, encouragement, not criticism, upbuilding, not tearing down. Conversations that are not intended to edify or build people up or work towards their ultimate good are therefore not allowed for Christians. I know that sounds kind of, uh, I don't know, is is it hard? Is it hard to think that? That conversations that are not edified are off limits for Christians. I guess it's a high bar, but it's a good bar. If we all followed that, if we all only used our words to build up, that would be a wonderful thing. Ephesians 4.29 says it pretty clearly. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. So one of the things people think about Christians, and I think Christians think about it themselves, is that one of the greatest and biggest no-nos in the Bible is using bad words, Uh, you know, cuss words, swear words. And, And Look, I'm not justifying the use of those words. You shouldn't do that. I I get it. But when we look at the Bible, we find a very small focus on that sort of thing. And even in the verse we just read, Ephesians 4.29, it would appear the foul language Paul is talking about is not dirty words or bad words or swear words or whatever. It's words that tear people down. I'm not saying you should swear. I'm just saying the, the Bible is far more concerned about words of attack, words of slander, words of gossip, and words of criticism than it is bad words. So when Paul says no foul language is to come from your mouth, the opposite of foul language is what is good for building up someone in need. Gossip does not build people up in the NIV in Proverbs 11:13 and 16:28. We're told that gossip separates close friends. In Proverbs twenty six twenty, we're told that gossip is like fuel to a fire for a quarrel; it causes it to continue. In Proverbs eighteen eight and twenty nineteen, we learn that gossip but gossips betray confidences and the, or secrets, and the words they share are choice morsels like yummy food, so interesting that people want to hear them. Words of gossip are delicious to our ears, so to speak. In Romans 1, Paul gives a long description of, well, people in general. He doesn't go into much detail about who he's referring to, and it sort of appears he's just generally describing people, or maybe uh, wicked people, or lost people, or people separated from God. One of the characteristics of these people is along with sexual perversity, envy, strife, murder, malice, all the things we normally would consider, you know, so, sort of really bad stuff, is that these people, these wicked people, are gossips. Now, the Greek word there for gossip is a difficult one to pronounce, but it's uh, sithyristes, sitheristes, with a p.s. as a start. It literally means whisperers. Beyond that, Paul here really doesn't give a deep description at all of what gossip is. Similarly, Paul doesn't describe gossip in detail in 2 Corinthians 12.20, where the same Greek word, sytheristes, is used this way. Paul writes, "...for I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage." Selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Now, what what does that tell us about gossip? Well, at the very least, it tells us that gossip fits right in with discord, jealousy, fits of anger, selfish ambition, slander, arrogance, and disorder. Both of these passages, the King James Version, translates the word sithyristes as whisperings which I think is a very good translation that gets at the heart of the word meaning. One other time in the Bible, the NIV, where that word is used is in Ecclesiastes 10 in the Greek Septuagint version of the Old Testament. And in that passage, it's talking about a snake charmer using sithyristes, or whisperings, as a way to charm a snake. (laughs) I think that's kind of... uh, compelling there when you think about it. The final appearance of the English word gossip in the New Testament, according to the ESV, is in 1 Timothy 5.13 where a different Greek word is used. It's the word flouros, uh a Greek word that means a person Order, uh, uttering foolish things, babbling, of things foolish, trifling, or vain. The passage in particular reads, besides that, they learn to be idlers, going around from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. This seems to be a little different than the above uses of the word gossip. That Greek word for gossip which is translated as tattlers in the King James version actually comes from a verb the the verb fluoros, which means to bubble and also means to babble because sometimes when we kind of get to talking and we're just saying stuff and and, and you know how this when you're 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 engaging in gossip about friends you just lose the filter over your tongue and you just blah blah blah, blah you're just bl- bubbling up. With a bunch of, um, of really probably unedifying words, so that's where the that's where the Greek word for that comes from. It comes from the word that means to bubble, which also means to babble, and you can kind of see the connection there between the two. Some other passages that mention the word gossip. Almost all of these are going to be in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs eleven thirteen: A gossip goes around revealing a secret but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Proverbs 16.28, a contrary man spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 17.9, whoever conceals an offense promotes love but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Now that's an interesting passage. In a world where we are quick to broadcast our offenses on social media or text somebody when somebody hurts us, and try to, we try our best to get all of our friends on our side against somebody else, and, and to, my, to our shame, I say we do this in the church too. When we're hurt by somebody in the church, we'll often go to other church people and tell them how that person hurt us. And what that's doing is the opposite of promoting love. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Now, there is a time to confront sin, but usually the process, I say usually always, the process that we should use in those cases is Matthew 18, when we go to the person first one on one and share our offense. That way you don't involve the whole church. You don't involve the whole team. You don't spread discord and disunity into everybody. You handle it one-on-one. If that doesn't work, you go get one other person and go and talk to the person that, who's offended you. And hopefully you win them over with that, says Jesus in Matthew 18. But if that doesn't work, then you do tell it to the church. But that's like a, a step way down the road. And that's how... Peacemakers operate rather than discord sowers. Gossips separate friends. Proverbs 2019. The one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. Proverbs 26:20. 20, Without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, conflict dies down. So we see something really important here. Gossip is central to promoting conflict. It's one of the reasons why I think, even though the Bible doesn't talk about it tons and tons, the times it does, it's very pointed. And and the fact of the matter is, you, you and I might, in practice, think gossip is not a huge deal. But it is. It is just as big a deal as being violent and hitting somebody because it sows that kind of discord and wounding to the team. Gossip separates people. Gossip rails against unity. Gossip hurts the church. Putting all the biblical testimony above together, I believe we can reasonably conclude that gossip entails, number one, privately, secretly, or discreetly or whatever telling secrets or unauthorized juicy details about somebody else in a non-edifying manner with a non-edifying goal in other words telling secrets about somebody just because those secrets are juicy or interesting or whatever that would definitely qualify as gossip number two Gossip seems to entail discussing other people excessively in a nosy sort of babbling way, bubbling over with information and guessings and speculations that gets into the realm of foolish babble and and such. Gossip betrays trusts. It ruins friendship. It throws gasoline on conflicts and it separates close people. It is the opposite of wisdom, integrity, and being trustworthy. I would note here that Proverbs, the book of wisdom, has the absolute most to say about the topic of gossip in the Bible. For instance, in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the word gossip makes 13 appearances, and over half of those mentions are warnings in the book of Proverbs. I think this means that gossip is the very opposite of wise behavior. People who spend their time gossiping and reading about gossip are wasting their time on incredibly foolish activities and themselves becoming foolish, shallow, and vapid. The church, Christians, followers of Jesus, we've got to run away from such things. We don't even need to read about them online as interesting and salacious as some of these articles you see scrolling through your Facebook feed are. As I write this, which is last week. I wrote this before I recorded it. A daily gossip rag has released a picture of a popular celebrity from the 90s, criticizing his appearance as disheveled and sort of portraying the poor guy as uh, not doing really well at all. Uh, Digging a little bit deeper... Uh, he's just spent months in the hospital with a terrible GI issue and now he's got a gastrointestinal issue and now he's got to deal with this picture be, being made fun of by a prominent national gossip newspaper website. It's sad and we should avoid such things gossiping about celebrities and politicians is still gossip and it makes us incredibly foolish instead of increasingly wise now you might say well how do you know about this article if you're trying to stay away from gossip and you know what i was not on the um the website the the website for the daily gossip magazine but i did see it on reddit and i did click on the summary of the article and kind of gathered what was going on so you know is that participating in gossip maybe it is maybe it is um we're going to talk in a minute about a few tests to help you know and to help me know if we are engaging in gossip so what's the takeaway be very 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 careful When communicating about somebody that is not present to somebody else, don't share their secrets. Don't share juicy details about their lives. Don't speculate about their motives, what they're thinking and why they did such and such a thing, especially when that speculation is negative. The fact of the matter is you and I don't actually know somebody's motive at all. And such things are notoriously difficult to guess from the outside. Sometimes I don't even know what motivates my own dumb actions. So I should run away from predicting what is motivating the actions of others. Don't try to combine All the juicy details you know about somebody else's lives into a coherent narrative so that you can sort of understand what's going on with them. Don't we do that? Don't we pick up a few clues and sort of become the Sherlock Holmes of gossip. We, we hear a few things. We, we we know some things ourselves. We put some things together from our other friends and we build this narrative without even talking to the person we're thinking about or gossiping about, but we build this narrative and we assume we know exactly what's going on in their lives and why they did what they did. Not only is that gossipy, it's arrogant. We don't know people's motivations. That's tough stuff. And it it... Eventually, that sort of thing gets around to people, and when it does, it's going to hurt them. These sorts of gossipy investigations are almost always wrong in their conclusions. Not only are they wrong, but for you and I as Christians, they're off limits entirely. Now, here's the thing. Apparently, some conversation about other people can take place without their being present, and it still be good biblically, otherwise Paul himself would be guilty of gossip in Galatians two eleven through fifteen and second Timothy four ten and probably other places too as well. Not everything that happens that is negative is prohibited from being a point of discussion. For instance, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 11 Paul says, My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Now, you say, well, that's a negative thing that happened. That's, that's them sharing details about something going on without the people being there. Is that gossip? I don't think so. So what's the dividing line? And I think the answer goes back to Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. If the purpose of a discreet conversation is genuinely and truly the building up or the well-being of somebody being discussed, then I don't believe that qualifies as gossip. Let me give you an example. For instance, I have some pastor friends that that I keep in, in fairly constant communication with. And every now and then, one or the other of us will hear about a pastor who's had an affair or has had some sort of moral failing, and we will talk about it. Now, is that gossip? And the answer is, it absolutely could be. But the way that it can be not gossip The way that it can be okay is if the focus is on each of us exhorting the others to not fall like that to realize how dangerous ministry is, how easy it is to have an affair or do some sort of scandalous thing to the body of Christ and to talk about that in a warning sort of way that is not attacking or dwelling on salacious, juicy details about our fallen comrade. If our heart is love towards him and exhortation and warning towards us, that's okay. And recently something like that happened. And, there's been a couple of times when I've actually wanted to tell uh, my wife or or friends about that situation, but there was no there was no beneficial reason to do so, except that it would have been an interesting story. So as I've almost opened my mouth to say something, I felt like the Holy Spirit has said, mm, "Nope, no, this is not." This is not for you to talk about in this context because you probably have it in your heart just to share salacious details. So I've had to shut up a couple of times that I've wanted to talk about a few things like that. And that's the thing. You say, well, I don't want to just constantly have to shut my mouth. Well, maybe that's better for you and me to do. As James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Uh, sometimes I am a little too eager to talk about things. Sometimes I'm quick to become angry and that causes my mouth to go from zero to 60 defending myself or attacking somebody else. Danger, danger, danger. Not only does that get in the realm of gossip, it could get in other dangerous realms too. So, Two church elders discussing a church member who might be struggling with alcohol addiction and their motivation is to lovingly help that person? Probably not gossip. Two, d- two pastors discussing a third pastor of a church larger than theirs and speculating that he has underhanded and worldly character as evidenced by his big house and nice car. Well, that's pretty close to gossip probably right on it, actually. I believe the determining factor is a heart issue. We should be very, very careful with every discussion we have about a third or fourth party who isn't around to defend themselves. If that discussion is 100% motivated by love and a desire for the greater good, encouragement and building up of the person being discussed, then that conversation probably isn't gossip. Gossip. Be led by the gentle nudges of the Holy Spirit, though. Be it better safe than sorry. What about neutral conversations about third parties? Just giving information or whatever. Your heart's not in it either way. You're not busting at the seams to share some terrible or interesting or fascinating thing that's happened. You're not trying to tear somebody down, but you're also not trying to build them up and really love them. These are just conversations motivated by sharing Information. Well, the thing is, those conversations can be a little risky, especially if they involve confidential or private information. Best to avoid conversations like that with secrets. Neutral information that may be more public? I, I don't know. It's probably okay. Mixed motivations are difficult here, and most of us have them. I can think of tons of conversations I've had where I've genuinely wanted the best for the person that we were talking about, but also there's that part of us that, that we we like to share things we like it, it we sort it, as as it was said earlier gossip can be a tasty morsel and so we sort of want to talk about those things because of that now as a big guy i'm naturally going to be careful in a crowded area like a bus or a subway or or, or whatever to avoid accidentally stepping on somebody or punching or kicking them or whatever. We probably should have the same approach with our words. Again, James says, quick to listen, slow to speak. So the distinguishing mark of gossip, by the way, is not whether or not the information is true gossip can be true and still be gossip it's gossip and lying are two different things you might try to defend yourself and say well i was only speaking the truth but that doesn't cover us from gossip ray ortland a pastor i respect a lot says this gossip is not necessarily false information slander is false gossip might include true information and maybe that's why gossip doesn't always feel sinful What makes it sin is first and foremost that God himself says it's sin, but gossip spreads what can include accurate information to diminish another person. That is not how people behave when they are living in the power of the grace of God. You know who's guilty of gossip? I am. Probably you are too. We need the word and the spirit to help tame our tongues. I know I do. So how does one avoid gossip? I believe this is an issue that is less about what the precise definition of gossip is and more about the state of the heart and the predominance of love in it towards those who are being discussed, as well as a deep and sincere desire for the object of discussion to be edified and blessed. I believe a group of church leaders can, in a godly way, discuss rumors of a certain member of the fellowship engaging in drunkenness or adultery. I believe at the same time it is possible for those same church leaders to discuss those issues in a way that qualifies as gossip. What distinguishes the two? Whether or not it's true? No. The best I can tell you is that it is the attitude of the heart and its love as well as genuine desire for edification edification, that is the distinguishing factor. Ultimately, it should be repeated that judicious care needs to be taken in any conversation about a party that is not privy to the conversation. I hate it when people gossip about me, and especially when they have genuinely no idea about what they're talking about or what's really going on in my head. Like I said earlier, I don't even always know what's going on in my head. That said, let me be clear about something. I am also guilty of gossiping. You probably are too. I'm afraid it is a very, very common, though deadly and dangerous sin. What does the Bible say to us, given the fact that we are guilty of the same sin that we are frustrated about when a fellow believer commits it against us? I'm glad you asked. Check out Romans 2, 1-5. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. In other words, when I get mad at somebody for gossiping and judge them as a bad person, I need to remember that I am also guilty of gossip. Verse 2. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do, do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Brothers and sisters, that's a pretty challenging passage of scripture. It's it's intended for Christians. And it's telling them and telling me and it's telling you that when we judge other people for the same sins we do ourselves, when we look down our noses at them and scoff at them and, and, and harden our hearts towards them for the very same things we're guilty of, the Bible's saying is we're stupid storing up wrath for ourselves for the day of judgment. When we judge other people for things we're guilty of, we're inviting God's judgment on us in a significant way. When we do that, we're showing contempt for the very same kindness, mercy, and patience of God that saved us through Jesus. It shows that we are still much more aware of the splinter in our neighbor's eye than we are of the plank in our own eye. According to Jesus in Matthew 7, 5, That makes us a hypocrite, and hypocrisy leads people away from the truth. And it shows that even though our words might say the right things, our hearts are far from God. To be clear, this sort of judgment, criticizing others for sins that we're guilty of, invites the judgment of God on our lives. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 7, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's kind of scary. It's kind of terrifying. A lifestyle of continually judging others for sin that the judger is guilty of will likely lead to health problems, frustrations, discord, and other issues. It will affect us and will certainly have a negative impact on the church we are a part of. So what do we do with the 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 the, the conversation today? Is, does this help us identify gossip in other people? Now, really, hopefully, it helps us identify gossip in ourselves. Don't use this as a weapon to go attack or criticize or condemn other people. Use it, and I should use it, as a message from God to turn myself away from gossip. I can, to a limited degree, control that. And when I do that, it will promote less and less gossip in the body of Christ. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who will dwell on your holy hill? Says Psalm fifteen one. He who does not take up an approach against his friends. Proverbs six sixteen. There are six things the Lord hates; seven that are an abomination to him. One of those things is one who sows discord among brothers. Leviticus nineteen sixteen. You shall not go up and down as a tale bearer among thy people. James four eleven. Don't speak evil against one another, brothers. Proverbs twenty five nine. Argue argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another another person's secret. Close with this great quote by Ray Ortlund. Gossip leaves a wide trail of devastation wherever and however it goes. Word of mouth, email, blogging, YouTube, social media, it erodes trusts trust and destroys morale it creates a social environment of suspicion where everyone must wonder what is being said behind their backs and whether appearances of friendship are sincere it ruins hard-won reputations with cowardly but effective weapons of misrepresentation it manipulates people into taking sides when no such action is necessary It unleashes the dark powers of psychological transference, doing violence to the gossiper, to the one receiving the gossip, and to the person being spoken against. It makes the body of Christ look like the body of Antichrist destroyers rather than healers it exhausts the energy we would otherwise devote to positive witness it robs our lord of the church he deserves it exposes the hostility in our hearts and discredits the gospel in the eyes of the world then we wonder why we don't see more conversions why the ground is so hard well thank you ray ortland for that that's quite a challenge beloved you and i focusing on ourselves We've got to put a guard on our tongue and not let gossip come out of our mouths. Let the Holy Spirit and the Word instruct our friends and fellow brothers. But the best way for us to lower the gossip level in our church, in our family, in our friendships is to cut it out of our lives. So I hope that's a good encouragement to you. I hope today has been enlightening as we learn what gossip is I hope and pray that we turn away from it and turn towards more encouraging speech. I thank you for listening to the Gospel Questions Podcast. We will be back soon with another episode. Be sure to check out our website, BibleQuestionsPodcast.com. Please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend about the show. Share it on social media, all that kind of good stuff. We will see you soon. Godspeed and God bless you.